It's hope and life. See, every invention, every development has started off with a vision. We're flying in aeroplanes today because someone had a vision. Okay, we have smartphones, iPhones, Samsung, because someone had a vision. Okay, we have the light bulbs because someone had a vision. Every invention, every development started off with a vision because there was a, or because there was a vision and it was accomplished through that. I want to read to you a couple of things that vision actually does. A vision sets us free from the limitations of what we can see with our natural eyes. It allows us to enter into the freedom of what the heart can feel. Have you ever felt something in your heart and you thought, I can't see that happening in the natural? No, because it's, because vision makes that possible. Vision makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Okay, vision makes the suffering and the disappointments bearable because it generates hope in the midst of our tough times. And it, and vision provides an endurance in those times of testing. Okay, vision inspires when we feel a little downcast and it motivates us when we get discouraged. And vision is the foundation of courage and it's the fuel for us to persist. It's the energy of progress. Vision for us as believers needs to come from a revelation that we have of who God is. An understanding of who he is. And, you know, as we sang this morning, as Brad was sharing, you know, that he will be whatever he said he will be. And I often find myself when I, when I'm, especially when I'm challenged and when I'm going through a bit of a tough time, I often find myself just asking God this simple question. Father, who do you want to be for me at this time? Because he's so many things. He is multifaceted. He is so many things. The nature of God, the character of God is, I don't think we ever can comprehend who God really is while we're here on the earth. We will find out one day when we meet him in heaven. But here on earth, I believe we need to, we need to ask God in certain situations, who do you want to be at this time? Because he is so multifaceted. And then, and then when we have this sense of who he wants to be in this time for us, then we can have a confidence and we can have a hope and we have, we can have a vision of how we're going to come out of that. Proverbs 29:18 says, and I'm, re- and this is from the Amplified. It says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. Vision needs to come out of a redemptive revelation of who God is and who he wants to be. There are many of us who have no vision for our lives, I believe, especially people in the world. Many who have a vision but are stuck in confusion and not knowing what to do next. And there are those who have had a vision but have abandoned it because of discouragement, failure, or disillusionment. Okay, we can all have a vision and then we can kind of lose it because of different things. Um, 
the first step to again with to, sorry the first step to again live with a vision with hope and purpose is knowing the source of vision and have a redemptive revelation of God our Creator, and to keep focused on the right things. This is so important for us to step into the vision that God has for us. We have to have the right focus. And Ben preached on focus a few weeks ago, and that was so, so brilliant. But I want to share a testimony with you because I believe it will just bring some clarity because when we lose focus, things become blurry. And you can't really see exactly what God wants you to see. And um, and so I, over the years, often have found myself in that situation where, and please hear me, where I didn't want to live anymore. Now, I was not suicidal, but I just didn't want to do the life anymore that I was living at that particular moment, at that particular time because it was tough, and I'd rather want to be with Jesus because that was going to make it easy. But I, wasn't, I was never, ever going to take my life. But what, I, what God has shown me in that time was that I've actually lost focus. I was focusing of my natural life, of what was going on in my family, what was going on um, with people, what was going on in, in, in the situations that I was in, and I just didn't want to do that life anymore because it was too hard. Anybody there? Has anybody ever been there? And you were not suicidal, were you? But it would have been nice to check out and just or, or just say, Jesus, come beam me up. Okay, just take me now. I'll be, I'll, I'll be okay. You know. But the thing is, we lose focus. We lose sight. We lose vision of the life that God actually wants us to have live and what he wants us to have okay we lose sight of his kingdom we lose sight of of how god just wants to um use that season to make us stronger and to make us better and so we need to stay focused on the right things we need to stay stay focused on what the kingdom realm of god is like we need to stay focused on what the word of god says in that time, because the word of God is truth. And, and if, if your life doesn't measure up to the truth of what the word of God says, then we need to bring it back, bring it back into focus, bring it back into the reality of what God says. Okay, so first thing, vision comes from purpose. God is the author of vision. And it is his nature to be purposeful about everything he does. Nothing God ever did in human history, he did by accident. Okay. God is a God of action based on purpose, and his purposes are eternal. So none of what God does is by accident. Psalm 33:11 says, The Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken, and they will never fail. And Isaiah 14, 24 says, The Lord of heaven's armies has sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. God is a sovereign God. Okay? And nothing can get in the way of God's purposes. 
it'll always happen as he has purposed it to happen and to be. And you know, we've already talked about mystery. There has to be mystery in God. Because if we would always understand everything that he does, we wouldn't need faith in God. Okay. So some of us might have experienced some detours, maybe some delays, maybe some setbacks and even failures. But when we continually live surrendered to living surrendered to God and giving him permission to lead us the way that he wants to lead us, we will find ourselves in the purpose of God. And the key word is here, living surrendered. Living a surrendered life to the purposes of God. God, what is your purpose in my life? And you know, sometimes that might not, you might not know this, you might not have this really big revelation of what God's vision is for your life, but as you take steps, little steps towards that, it'll unfold. Because to be honest, sometimes if God would show us what he has for us too far down the track, I think we would get overwhelmed and we would say, I can never do this, God. But living surrender to let God lead us one step at a time, I believe that is the key. Second thing is that God created us, each and every one of us, with a purpose. Each and every one of us has a purpose in God. God created everything to fulfill a purpose. Every plant, every animal, every person created by God for a unique purpose. And we need to understand that our birth was no surprise to God. And I know Malcolm read that scripture last week, but I want to read it again out of the Passion Translation from Ephesians chapter 1. Because this just sums it all up. God planned in advance for all of us when we were born and what we were to accomplish. It says here, Paul writes, And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us as one with Christ from the beginning, so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children, so that his tremendous grace that cascades over us would bring him glory. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. So he has a plan for us, even before he created the world. You were born at the right time. You were born to be the age that you are right now in 2017. The year that you were born, that was the year that God had planned for you to be born. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Guess what? You're beautiful in this time. God chose when and where you were born for a reason. And you were born at the right time to accomplish God's purpose during this time, during this, during this generation. You were given a sense of purpose. Every human being that comes, comes to, comes to earth with a purpose. And God placed his eternal purposes in our hearts. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. There is something inside each and every one of us that is called 
by eternity. And we need to find that. We need to tap into that. What God put into your heart is also what is in his own heart for you. The third thing I want to say is that vision is all about God. It's never about us. Vision is all about God. Um, Proverbs 19.21 A person may have many ideas concerning God's plans for his or her life, but only the, only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. You know, we talk, we talk about people climbing the ladder of success, you know, and they get to the top only to find out that they climbed the wrong ladder, you know, because that was never meant for them. And, um, and vision isn't about us. Vision is about God. It's a, it's not a human invention. It's about the desires that God imparts into us. Miles Monroe says that vision is not our private view of the future. Rather, it is the view of our future inspired by God. I say that again. Vision is not our private view of the future. Rather, it is the, few, the view of our future inspired by God. Vision is what God wants us to contribute in building his kingdom here on earth. And we all have our part to play. We are meant to consult God to find out his purposes for us so we can make the right plans. So vision is unselfish. It's not about you. I'm sorry, it's not about me. Okay, the vision that God wants to in, unfold in this church even, it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about Mel Needy. It's not about Brad. It's not about Sean. It's not about Ben or Jess or Coco. It's not about us. It's about what God wants. So vision is unselfish. True vision is always unselfish. Its purpose is to bring about God's kingdom on earth and to turn people to him. A God-given vision will always focus on building others up in some way to help humanity find the heart of God for them. And that needs to be all of our vision, is that we represent Jesus wherever we go. Wherever we go, we, take, we have Jesus inside of us, and so we got to represent him well. Vision is as close as your deepest desires. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But guess what? It's his desires in your heart. It's not your selfish desires. It's not what you want. It's what God has placed inside of you that he wants to bring out. And that is always better. That is always better than anything we could ever want. We might not know it at the time, but it's what he wants. The will of God for you will never change. The specifics may change, and the specifics, specifics will unfold, but they'll never change as your purpose unfolds, but your purpose is permanent. No matter what happens in life, you'll never get away from what God has put in your heart to do. Vision possesses you. You don't possess it. Vision is, as I said at the beginning, vision is the thing that will give you hope and give you life. And vision requires a vital connection to God. There has to be a connection to God. There has to be relationship. There has to be friendship with God for us in order to, um, to, to have this vision fulfilled. And it's important that fulfilling the vision that God has for us, we need to know who we are. It needs to come out of our identity of being sons and daughters of God in the, 
and being men or women of the word. And the fourth thing I want to say is that a personal vision will always be found within a larger vision. Okay, that doesn't mean you can have a personal vision for your life and doing what God has called you to do, but ultimately it will, it will connect you with others. It will bring you together with others. And there is a bigger vision that you could never fulfill, fulfill on your own. And no great, was, no great work was ever done by just one person. Many people are needed to fulfill a vision. Okay, we just think of Nehemiah. He couldn't have built that wall around Jerusalem all by himself. No, he needed all the families to come together and do their part. Joshua could have never taken the promised land if he would have been on his own. He needed the 12 tribes to do that together. So, with, so, so each person was connected, to, was connected to someone else in order to fill, fulfill a bigger vision. And so we must have an attitude of unity and we must have an attitude of cooperation if we want to fulfill what God has given, given us as a corporate vision. We must work together in that spirit of unity. And that's why we have, say, different churches here on the Gold Coast. Because each, each church, each community, each family, church family has a specific vision from God and a mandate to do what they need to do. And so it is... It is wrong for us to tell someone that they're not doing the right thing because they're not doing what we're doing. No, there is, there is unity in diversity. And, um, and, and even here in our community, we're so many different people with so many different gifts, but we need to have the unity in the diversity of the gifts that we have. And, um, and we need to honor that and recognize that. So, Emma, are we ready? Now, our mission statement, and this is what we have, we have prayed about and nutted out together, um, who, what we want our community to be. And I, I just want to say, this is more about our mission and values today, who we are and what we want to become. Okay. It's not so much what it will look like functionally and structurally because this is, this is gonna evolve organically. This will come out of when we do this. God will put a structure to it and how we're gonna do this. See, we're only five months old. Do you realize that this is, this church is only five months old? When I realized that, it just blew my mind because it feels like we've been together for longer than that. But it's only five months, so we're still, as a leadership, developing what the what the vision will look like, how we're going to function, and how we're going to structurally put things into place, and what and and even to an extent what God wants us to build together. So, we're still working on that. Our function and st- our function and structure has to come out of our identity, who God wants us to be, and um, and so. It's important that we realize that individually and corporately, it has to come out of our identity. So this is our mission statement, that our community is a place to belong, to become disciples of Jesus, to transform our world. I think everybody can agree that you can learn this. And if somebody asks, what's your church all about? Well, it's a place where you can belong, where you can become a disciple of Jesus, and where you can transform your world. And so let's have a look at them a little bit individual. 
The first one, to belong, is all about family. And this is what Malcolm was talking about um, last week. That as a family, we belong to one another as sons and daughters, not of each other, but of God. Sons and daughters of God who belong to family, a church family. First belong to the family of God, but then we also belong to one another. We have an atmosphere of love and acceptance and honor. That's the culture that we would like to establish here, that we would have love and acceptance and honor towards one another, that we have unity, the celebration of diversity, as I said before, and that corporately we worship and celebrate together as a family. I love family parties. I love Christmas when the family comes together. I love birthday parties when the family comes together. And I want us to experience that family celebration and and um, and come together for corporate worship. So we're going to st- we, we're doing this on Sunday mornings, but as of March, we wanna we wanna establish um, a, pr- a family prayer time together. And so this will be the fourth Thursday of every month. We will have a family prayer time together here in this place, so that we can, as a family, pray together. Malcolm and I always said when the kids were little, a family who prays together stays together. Okay, so once a month we're going to come together as a family and you'll get plenty of notice about that. The second thing, becoming disciples of Jesus is all about discipleship. Oh, sorry, can we just go back to that other one again? Sorry. Because those three things that, those three, I suppose, pillars or core values um, that we have identified that we want community to be as a family. This is always, um, this is really established on the fivefold ministry. So family is the pastoral aspect, the pastoral aspect of community. So in the second one, discipleship is about teaching and the prophetic. And so we, we are going to endeavor to actually, um, bring biblical teaching train you, equip you, release you, bring kingdom ministry, which you find in Luke chapter 4, 18, where Jesus said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to open the eyes of the blind. This is the basis of the kingdom ministry that God, I believe, wants us to establish. So so there'll be, there'll be times where we will have um, teaching for some very specific Things where we want to equip you and train you, and um, and that will come out as God will, as God will unfold the vision on how we're doing that and we were doing it. Fivefold ministry is very much on our hearts to um, to operate in this place because we need all the we need all the five gifts, um, for because Ephesians four says it's for the equipping of the saints, to grow up and to mature, and that is really very much on our hearts. Uh, and the first one I forgot, you know, that we do, we do discipleship. We, we become disciples of Jesus. We, not, we don't want to become disciples of community. We don't want to become disciples of Mal and I or, or Brad. We want to make, we, we want to become disciples of Jesus. Okay, because Jesus is our example that we follow. And hopefully we can all say that follow me as I follow Christ, like Paul was saying, because that is, that is our heart that we follow the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. So we will, we will 
eventually have home groups. Because in home groups, in home groups, you can connect with a smaller group of people and actually um, minister to one another. And and what they're going to look like, we don't know yet. But we just want to say we're in the process of nutting those things out as well. That we have small groups, home groups, where you can actually meet fortnightly, weekly, when, however, and. Um, and grow. Yes, thank you, Malcolm. The third one, the third core value part of our mission statement is transforming the world. It's all about missions. We love missions. We love the fact that Jesus says, go into all the world. Okay, Acts, and even in Acts 1, he says um, that we will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and so our mission focus is very much like that, that as sons and daughters, we are to transform our world. You are to transform your world wherever you are. In your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, at university, at school, wherever God has placed you, that's where God wants to use you. But he wants to use us all together as well. Locally in this city, I believe, he wants to use us in this nation and God wants to use us globally as well into the nations. And I know many of you are here who already have an expression to different nations. Um, and that is wonderful. And, um, and so the mission focus is all about the apostolic and the evangelistic. It incorporates team ministry. It incorporates releasing God's presence, shifting atmosphere, which is very much where God, wherever God sends us, that's what we can do as as apostolic people, as as people who carry the kingdom of God within us, um, and so we we are endeavouring to have mission trips, and we're endeavouring to have church planting. It's part of what God has laid on our hearts to do. And um, and before I finish, Brad, would you like to come and just share what's happening next month? Um. Okay. So I'm unprepared. Let me. I just want to say this while Edith was talking. I, I had I had this thing come to me. Sight is what you can see around you. But vision is the ability to see what is yet to come. Um, so like Nehemiah, which I believe that we're in a season of Nehemiah. He he walked, and saw the devastation of the walls, and the de- destruction of of um, Jerusalem, and. Um, he physically had sight to see that. And then he kept quiet about it. And then God was t- giving him vision in the background. And he actually never shared that vision with anyone until it was he, he felt it established in him. But he had the ability to see what the city would look like once it had been rebuilt. Um, the key element is that once you have, because we hear a lot about vision, but once you have vision, you, you, you then need the ability to outwork that vision. Otherwise, it's never realized. You need to be able to actually physically uh, manifest it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's where, as leaders, the, the leadership team are at, is there's a vision that is growing, as we see, like Nehemiah did, but don't know how to get there yet. And you go, well, how, then how can you? Well, that's just the way God works. And we just got to learn to deal with that. Okay? So be patient. It'll, it'll unfold over months and sometimes even years. Um, Sri Lanka. Okay, so I, I was invited 
to Sri Lanka um, by Mark because he just felt that I would be interested in them. So he's like, would you like to come with me? Went with him really just to carry his bags and, and look. But when I was there, I began to get vision, my own vision, for that place. And so I decided to go back in there. I actually went back to Dubai and I said to Mark, will you allow me to go once every six weeks into Sri Lanka and take people with me because I believe that there's something God wants to do. And I chose one specific place because Sri Lanka's, I mean, it's not a massive place, but there's a lot and you can get overwhelmed by the amount of, of need. But you can't solve every need. You, you can only do what God asks you to do. So I chose one church that I'd work with. Um, and we started to work with that one church only. Every time I went, I went to that same church. It was a small church of probably 50 people. And it just grew and little bit by little bit by little bit. And um, I'll just share this quick testimony because this is, I know that you say the apostolic is signs and wonders and we think about all the spectacular manifestations of um, heavenly paraphernalia. <laughs> you know, all the, the spectacular stuff, the appearance of angels and some of the other signs that we see physically manifesting from that realm into this. And in, the, in 2007, 8, 9, and 10, we, we saw some of those things. Um, but I saw a sign and a wonder that was quite incredible, and it's actually a true apostolic sign and wonder. You know, gold dust and feathers is not apostolic signs and wonders. Who knows that? You know, yes, we see that if God does it, we want it. But, but that's just a manifestation of, a, of, a, of another dimension into this dimension. But a true apostolic sign and wonder is, is what we witnessed on one of our trips where I went with this. He has me and one of the most pastoral men you've ever met in your life. And, and here we are. And we, we were on the same team together and we banged heads. Because there's me and, there's, and me and pastors don't get on well. Um, and we used to bang heads in the office about doctrine and theology. But we went on this trip together. And I felt God say, invite, his name's Fred. We, he lives in Paris now. He planted a church there. And we are still friends to this day. He said, invite Fred to come with you. So I said, Fred, you and me, we're we going. He said, okay, let's go. We shared a room. We shared a plane. God broke in on that trip in the most spectacular way. We saw salvations. We were baptizing people at night in the lake after they were getting saved from, from different religious backgrounds. Okay? The, this Hinduism and, 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 um, and Buddhists predominantly. And uh, we saw people, uh, eyes open, ears open, people getting up that were crippled walking. This is what, me and this pastor, this is what we're seeing. We saw demons come out of people in, in the, in the, the tens, 20, 30 demons coming out of people. And um, I remember on the last day, this man that was a businessman invited us to a factory to preach to all of his, his crew members, right? And we had been picked up from the airport and driven around in this minibus. And, the, and what I didn't realize is, is at the end of this trip, the man in the minibus was a Muslim who had been hired to drive us around, but sat in all the meetings, listening to what was going on and seeing what was going on said to us where he was at. He said, I'm a Muslim, have been born a Muslim, and have worshipped Allah, but I've seen the reality of this Jesus that you speak about. Can I get born again? Gave his life to Jesus right there outside before he drove us to the airport. Got plugged into that, local ch that little local church of 50 people for four or five months. Moved away to another town and planted a church that still exists to this day. That's apostolic signs and wonders right there. That's what we're looking for. So next next month, I've had a, I've been to Sri Lanka more than twenty something times. I don't count anymore, but we're going there next month. Uh, I'm taking Mel and Edith and Ben and Jess. Um, Sean and Coco are gonna 
look after you. And we're going to travel there to particularly go and meet with Mark Eltringham and a team of people from all around the world. We're talking India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, um, Greece, the, uh, Abu Dhabi, Bahrain, Qatar. Um, there's other places in Eastern Europe, um, the UK, Zimbabwe, South Africa. We're all meeting together. Some of these people I know, some of them I don't know. But we're meeting together just to discuss what it is that God is doing among some of them know each other, some of them don't. So we're coming together to discuss what is God doing in our nations and how can we be a part of it. It's not an organization that we join. We, we, we relate predominantly with Mark and there's a couple others on that, on that uh, sort of group of people that we will walk closely with. Other relationships, I believe, will grow out of that. Um, so we're going to be spending three days in Colombo just discussing these things and, and building relationships, which is so important in the kingdom. And then from there, we are going to go, this, t- this team is going to go up to Norelia, where there's an orphanage that we helped David, who is my brother in the Lord in Sri Lanka, based in Sri Lanka. He, David's planted, let me just tell you, 40 churches in his life. 40. It was through day, I, I remember being in Dubai and getting offered opportunities to come to India, big ministries, because Dubai was thriving, and people write, can you come? I've got 4,000 people, look. and I just kept feeling God, you know, that for someone who, want, who, who is a preacher, that's a nice pull, 4,000 people, I'll preach to 4,000 people on a stage, I thought God said no, 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 so many times, and then one day I was in Sri Lanka with David, and he introduced me to this young man who planted four churches, and the one he was currently leading had less than 10 people, and I remember sitting there as he told us his story, I think Ben, were you there that same trip, his name's Jiva, from India, and God said, that's the man I want you to work with. There's no glamour in what he does. <laughs> no one knows about him. Never written a book. There's a book written about him. <laughs> a kid's storybook written about him because of the supernatural way in which he got born again. But it's through the, the connection in Sri Lanka that I got connected into India and go and work with Jiva inside there. But what we did is we helped David start an orphanage um, that's got about 15 kids at the moment. At Crossing Point, when we still existed, we gave, and people gave regularly to that uh, orphanage. It, it is doing well. It is in a good place. What we're going to do is I'm taking Mel and Edith and Ben and Jess there to have a look at it so that they can have vision by what their eyes will see. And then hopefully that vision will translate into this church being a part of, of that, adopting something of that. And, 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 and then we will begin to look at taking other teams and there are other cities in which we will work. I know there's another city called Trincomalee the church that we relate with and partner with over there, um, there's also a need for an orphanage to be built there. Now, we can't save everyone. But what we can do is we can start to let vision grow. And as vision grows, people will start to be stirred. When people are start to be stirred, then we start to have resources. Human, financial gifts. And then we can see where that rolls out. So please pray for us because that what we... when I See, I have vision for Sri Lanka and I have relationship. But... We as a church uh, should have that as well. And it's, it's not going to come through me telling you, you that we have to do it. It's going to come through me taking some people with and seeing if, if that grows in them. Some people will go and may not have a vision for it. That's fine. God has not called you to that field. Amen. But, but pray because we want to see something happen there. And, and we're going to need a lot of people to see that happen. Amen. Thank you. That was fantastic. That was very good for being unprepared, Brad. That was very good. So, yes, yeah, so we're going 
Um, we're leaving on the 14th of March. We're coming back on the 22nd. So we will be away for one weekend. Um, and I'm excited. I've never been to Sri Lanka. I've never been to anywhere near there, but I'm excited and a bit scared. But anyway, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good. Now, you can help us because, um, n- not by accident, I think, but, um, I booked luggage, um, allowance for us. And we're only going for one week, so I don't think Malcolm and I need to take 40 kilos between the two of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to share one suitcase, but we want to take another suitcase with us with some stuff for the orphanage. So we want to take some children books and coloring in pencils and some warm clothes because it's cold there, isn't it? They need warm clothes? Yeah. So some warm children's clothes. So if you can help in any way um, to fill our second suitcase, are you guys happy to take a suitcase too? Ben and Jess? Yeah, they, so, um, so, yeah, but if you can't help with so, those kind of things, you can actually, um, give financially as well. Um, we have a missions account and we will, we will, um, use that and, and might be even able to take quite a bit of money with us as well to give to the orphanage. So we just want to be there to be a blessing. And as Brad was saying, spying out the land a bit and see if there is something that God wants to connect us with as a church and then can take, we can take teams over there. Um, Mal is also still, um, connected with, um, Dave and Bougainville in PNG. Um, um, when his next trip is, we don't know yet, but we also have our mission focused into the outback of this nation of Priorana. And, um, and Mal is going back there again in April, um, to help the guys out there, the Aboriginal, Aboriginal community. And, um, and obviously our local expression of set free care is also going to keep going. So it's quite exciting what God is doing because, um, I honestly believe, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I honestly believe that we are very much an apostolic community. And, um, and that means that what Brad was just sharing, you know, sharing that we're doing trips into the nation and the nations and we're also doing church planting. And, um, and I'm quite excited about that. Um, I need my glasses again. Ben, did you want to share anything? Sean? I just want to say, um, the weekend that these guys are away doesn't mean you've got to stay away either. <laughs> what, what day is it? The 19th? 19th of March. Um, I'm really looking forward to family camp, uh, just to connect with a lot of you that I don't know, get to know you a bit better. And uh, I felt that on that Sunday we we're going to do some sharing from the congregation so that you get to know some of the other people as well. So I might be into, I've already asked a couple of you. Uh, to share a bit of your heart on that day, and I think it'll be a good opportunity for us as a family to get to know each other. Got anything to say, River? Yeah, so yeah, don't take the week off. <laughs> That's good, Sean. Malcolm, did you want to share anything? Okay, no one else wants to share anything? No. Okay, Jess? Okay, well, I want to I wanna just bring it um, back to us personally. As individuals. Where did I have this? I've lost my piece of paper. There it is. There it is. 
I don't know whether you've been encouraged by what I was sharing in regards to the power of vision. Um, and when I was sharing about, you know, some of us have had a vision and maybe we've lost our way a little bit. Some of us might be stuck and not knowing how to how that next step unfolds. Um, or maybe you have no vision at all for your life and you're wandering a little bit aimlessly. I believe God wants to release something here this morning in regards to you laying hold of that which God has put inside of you. You might not, you might not know exactly how to identify it or, or know what it is, but you know, as I sh- and as the Word of God says, everybody is created with a purpose. Everybody is created with something that God has placed inside of us. And if we don't know what that is, we need to ask God some questions. There's nothing wrong with us asking God questions to finding out actually what he wants us to know. And um, and so I want to pray for us this morning. But before I do, I want to read to you a song. It's become one of my favorites over the last couple of weeks. Fantastic. Now I want to share. Um, in, in stepping towards vision, um, those of you who may be experiencing that you don't have a clarity in vision um, as, as where you feel that God wants to take you or, or, or what God is revealing to you, um, one of the one of the things that is key for us to step towards the call of God in our life is we actually we have to stop looking at what the glory times of the past. Okay, and so um, there's there's a new chapter. In order for us to to step towards the callings of God, the, the purposes of God for our life, sometimes there we we hang on to to things in the past and that is the very thing that is stopping you from stepping into purpose. Okay? So just as you finish a chapter in a book, you turn the page to begin a new chapter. Turn the page. Okay? Step out of... You know, Paul was very clear to us in Philippians 3, uh, 12 to 14... We actually need to uh, continue to press towards the, the the calling of God for our life, and and stop looking at the past. And so, can I say that in a loving way? Some of us we need to actually scar the record so that it won't continue to play, um, and step out into a new realm, a new dimension. Okay. That's good. Thank you, Malcolm. So this is a song that um, I've been listening to for a couple of weeks now. It talks about, I get caught up in all these petty things, losing sight of what matters to you. But then when you come and take me by the hand, you say, come up here with me. Sometimes we just got to get out of where we're at and just let Jesus take us a little bit higher so that we can again just see from his perspective. It says, And then my feet came off the ground, you lifted me above the clouds. As I looked down, the whole world seems so small. Past the stars through space and time, and I forget what's left behind as I'm surrounded by these grander things. 
Up here in perfect harmony, you're or- orchestrating galaxies. They're lighting up as far as I can see the majesty, the mystery. Your gravity pulls me close to you and I can breathe again. Here with you, there's nothing more to say. And it's clear what matters to you. Sovereign, high above it all, sovereign you are. I can rest because it's all in your hands. Sovereign you are. And that's our God. He is sovereign. And he can bring us into that realm of where he wants us to see what he sees. And then we can do what we see the Father do. We gotta get his vision. We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta look at the Father. We gotta get, we gotta get into this identity of sons and daughters so that we can then function in whatever he's called us to do. So let's stand together. We're going to finish, and um, and I'm going to pray. And remember, we're having a barbecue, so please, if you can stay, hang out, and do some family time around the barbecue, and um, and I'll pray. If you want to, put your hand on your heart. Father, I just thank you. Lord, first and foremost, you have created each and every one of us, Lord, with a purpose, Lord, with a desire for us to fulfill the things that you want us to do. And so this morning, Father, we lift up our eyes, we look to you, we want to see what you have for us, we want to see, Lord God, the things that you, that you do, but also the things that you want to do through us, in us and through us, God. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for what you've already unfolded for this community, Lord God. And yes, we're only at the beginning, but it's exciting, Lord God. It is, it is exciting what you, what you want us to be and become and what you want to accomplish through us, Lord God, in this city, in this nation, in the nations, God. So Lord, for us individually, Lord God, if we if we can embrace that, Lord God, we just want to say yes to you, Jesus. We want to say yes to all that you have, Lord God, and we want to live surrendered to your will and your purposes in our lives. Lord God, embracing the process, embracing the journey, Lord God, and and ultimately stepping into the fulfillment of the vision that you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I just want to say one more thing, and the Holy Spirit just reminded me. As I was sharing about our community and, and what I believe God wants us to be and what God wants us to become, some of you will be very much attracted to you. But there will be others who say, well, that's not really me. And I just want to say to you, that's okay. Okay? I just want to say, that's okay. Because every, every mission, every vision, not everybody fits in that. Now, it's not our desire that anyone would go, but we understand because it's happened in the past, okay? Because the culture, the DNA, whatever you want to call it, the values that we have will attract some and it will detract some. And that is just normal. 
So be blessed. Have a wonderful week. If you want individual ministry, please don't go without someone praying for you. Um, but if, if you can stay, hang around.